All right. Let's open in prayer. Um, actually, wait, before we pray, though, I'd, uh, a couple of things are being handed out. The attendance sheet, which I neglected to turn in, so you, you might have a check next to your name. Just check it again. That'll be fine. No problemo. We'll get that, we'll get that to the rightful person this next week. Oops. Um, oh, and then the handouts. The handouts are the same as last week. I didn't make as many, so hopefully everyone has enough. Um, great. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Mark chapter 4 right now. If you don't, that's okay, because we're going to read it, and you just need to listen. But before any of that starts, we're going we're to go ahead and pray. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power. And grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. Last week we we took a look at a second video of Johnny Cash. It's called Help Me. Today we're actually going to dive more deeply into the video. Um, but assuming that not everyone remembers the video from last week, we're going to go ahead and look at it again. Um, a few things just to pay attention to. Uh, I think I said these last week. Try, try to take a look at the settings. What do the settings mean? Um, There we go. Take a look at the people. And what do the people mean? And when you look at the people too, look at uh, try to try to to observe um, if we see their faces, or if we do see people, do we have to look through something to see them? Uh, also. Uh, Try to decide who's telling the story. Who's narrating the story? Um, and then last but not least, on the, on the last page of your handout is actually the lyrics to the song. This is probably the most difficult thing, but to try to listen to the lyrics while you're observing the images. Um, that's a difficult thing to do, just because you're one or the other, but try to listen to both and see if they work together, work in opposition to each other, and also the story to which it tells. Okay. Oh, yeah. If anybody wasn't here from last week, I should probably introduce the video, too. Uh, those, for those who weren't here last week, this, this video is called Help Me. It was created after Johnny Cash had died. Um, so Johnny Cash is not actually in the video. Now, two weeks ago, we had t- taken a look at the music video called Hurt, and we saw Johnny Cash in that video, and we saw some of the themes in which he used, and, um, and now we're taking a look at another video that takes a look at Johnny Cash. 
and the juxtaposition of, of Jesus and Johnny. So, anyways, uh, there's a little introduction uh, by this prisoner here of Folsom Prison. Uh, we're going to watch it all the way to the end again. And that's one thing I forgot to mention, too. Um, we, we just touched on this man and his story. I think we said something about Esau in the Old Testament. Um, so pay attention to him. There's a ton of stuff to, to pay attention to. And that actually will be one of the points that we'll discuss afterwards. So, In a nutshell, keep your eyes open and your ears open. Oh, yes. Thank you. Michael's my AV guy. And you do a great job. Good feelings and good vibes on the yard and everything. Yeah. Then we got the word that Johnny Cash was coming for a concert that day. So we just go through round and later on they started lining up by the shop hall to go in to see Johnny.
up there. Anyways, um, let's uh, pull out, and uh, I think it's your third, the third page here. Help me, life from death, joy from regret. I think I basically went through the first section last week. So let's begin with things to see, reading videos, settings. The video is shot in a prison. And then I have a next question. What is the meaning of the locations? But before we do that, I have uh, the Sea of Galilee and the Temple and the Gospel of Mark. In the first eight chapters of the Gospel of Mark, geography plays a pitiful role. The ministry of Jesus actually revolves around the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is from Galilee. He finds disciples fishing on the Sea of Galilee. He goes by the seaside and teaches. He crosses over the Sea of Galilee, going from the western side to the eastern side. So the Sea of Galilee is all over the first eight chapters of the Gospel of Mark. And the second half, basically from uh, Mark chapter 9 is kind of a transitional chapter, but from uh, 10 on, it revolves around the temple. So, in the Gospel of Mark, geography means something. Location, setting means something. It's just not just a simple place. It's not just thrown in there, but it actually has meaning. In fact, the sea in the Old Testament was something to be feared, respected, and ultimately it was uncontrollable. You have uh, Psalms that speak of the... uh, Leviathan, the, the sea monster, it's in Job also. Sea is a place of where uh, kind of chaos resides. And you see that in Mark chapter 4. If you want to turn to the verse 35, I'm not, going to, I'm, going to, I'm not going to go ahead and read it right now, but it's the story of Jesus calming the sea. And it causes so much when Jesus calms the sea. In verse 41, Mark has this to say about the disciples. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? A great demonstration of power of who Jesus is. The next section of of the sea and playing an important part in giving meaning to the story of Jesus is actually Jesus walking on the water in Mark chapter 6. And you'll see at the very end of that story in verse 51, chapter 6, verse 51, the wind ceased once he got into the boat, and the disciples were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, loaves, but their hearts were hardened. So, the meaning of the Sea of Galilee plays into how Jesus, uh, you know, calms it and how he walks on it. It says something about Jesus. You know, aside from just amazing miracles, that's, that's important too. It just demonstrates that he is Lord over the sea and that he can walk into chaos as if he's walking on dry ground. That's one of the interesting aspects of him walking on the sea it's not just a simply demonstration of, oh, he's God, but he can actually walk into chaos 
and calm it. So now for the video. What I'm pointing out here just by using the Gospel of Mark is how uh, certain aspects of drama, certain aspects of things we see here are actually already in the text, already in Scripture. And when we get to the end, I'll explain what, what that point is. But for the video, the prison is the location. So let's, let's kind of dissect what a prison is. Who resides in prison? Prisoners. Pretty simple question. What's that? People who have done wrong. Are they guilty or innocent? Well, not to get into the justice system, people who are in prison are pronounced guilty. I mean, that's, that's one thing you cannot deny. So from our perspective, they are guilty. What do people want from prison? Who said it? Freedom, right? Yeah, they want freedom. Okay, excellent. Now we're rolling. Yeah, no one, no one really desires to be there. In fact, everyone um, probably wants out of there. So contrast, cr- contrast that with the words from the song. Does that, does that fit the imagery of the song itself? Sure. Break these chains. So the image does a great job of feeding the word. What other location is in the video, though? Yeah, sanctuary. So talk about the sanctuary. Why was everything covered up? Mainly, well, that could serve two purposes, but I think mainly it was a multi-purpose room, and they covered it up when it was just a civic duty thing. I mean, a civic function. But it also, that actually serves the story, too, in the video. Um, we'll see that the movements in the video. We see in the beginning of the video, this man is introduced and then we see, it's a very quick scene, but then we see somebody starting to walk. And then we close in on the man, and he's walking. And everyone who was here last week knows where he's going. But if this is the first time you see this video, you have no idea where he's walking. And you're, you're, you're left in suspense. You've got to just follow this guy and figure out where he's going. And the video does a great job of actually drawing the, the, the viewer into the story. And then there's this revealing, where the guy pulls the curtains by, and it's revealing of where exactly is he going. Or the question could be said, who is he going to? But let's talk about the sanctuary. What happens, what happens in church, given, given the circumstance of what we just said, prison? People are freed here. People are set free from their sins here, in this location. So, um, as we see in the Gospel of Mark, location speaks something, tells something of the story of Jesus. Well, in the video, it does the same thing. Locations tell the story. It tells the story of prison and freedom. 
And what's uniquely Christian about this is that even in the midst of the prison, freedom can be found in the person of Jesus. All right, so what is the meaning of the movements in the video? Well, we already kind of discussed one real quickly. But in the Gospel of Mark, once again, the Gospel of Mark, there is a great revealing. No one knows where Jesus is going, except for Jesus and the audience. Now, in the men's Bible study, this is all redundant, I think. But we did take a look at this. If you, if you read the Gospel of Mark, and you read it with fresh eyes, open eyes and open ears, willing to hear a new thing, you'll begin to see this. The disciples don't know anything. They have no idea where Jesus is going, even though that Jesus tells them, the Son of Man must go, be persecuted, mock, die, and rise again. But yet they still don't know where he's going. And it's not until the great revealing in Mark chapter 15, which we saw last night, or last week, where the centurion says, truly this man was the Son of God. That's the great revealing. Oh, now we know exactly where he's going and what he's up to. But previous to that moment, we have to stick along. We have to stick with him. We have to listen to the story, find out where this story is going, because we don't know. So discipleship in, in the Gospel of Mark is quite perplexing because fundamentally, disciples don't get it, but yet they stick with it. So in spite of not knowing exactly what's going on, they stay with him. And, and in, um, in this video, the storyteller does a great job of doing that. You have no idea where this guy is walking to, where he's going, but yet it draws you in. It draws you into the story. And now you're living in the story. Question. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, you mean about like? I'm assuming Sure. Yeah. But he still was a prisoner. So prisoners have to be escorted. But they didn't escort him to the yard. They just got him to the that's true. Closed the door. I don't I think that's probably just prison prison uh, protocol, standard operating procedure. Let's 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 leave that to the end. I don't want to jump to the end quite yet, but that could easily jump to the end. So hang on. We will answer that question. Excellent. Um, so discipleships, in spite of not understanding, Jesus, though, doesn't throw them out. Keeps them with him. Keeps them in the boat. That's in the Gospel of Mark. That, that's the, the boat is a huge thing in the Gospel of Mark. Um, and even in spite of them abandoning him, denying him, and betraying him, like we talked last week, he still walks the way to the cross. This not knowing business even goes all the way to the end in Mark chapter 16, 
verse 8, the very last verse, if you, if you take the shorter ending of Mark or not. That's a whole other Sunday school. But, um, uh, and they, meaning the women, and they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The young man said to the women, Jesus isn't here. He's back in Galilee, just like he said he was going to be. So you've got to go back to Galilee and see him. So even in the resurrection, they're still following Jesus to a point, to a place, to a location. And in fact, that's what we see in the sanctuary in the music video, that this man continually is to follow Jesus, and it's at the sanctuary where heaven meets earth that he sees him. He sees him uh, in the Lord's Supper, which is demonstrated by that painting on the wall. And then he sees him also in the crucifix. So let's talk about the people. Who are the people in Actually, let's, let's not talk about who the people are. Let's talk about how we see the people. I don't know if that struck anybody. But the video actually uses light and dark. First of all, how many faces do you see? Uh, when I say faces, I mean close-ups, where the face is in the frame only. It is a lot, until, but let's say before the end, before the very end, how many faces do you see? Close up. You actually only see one. It's the man's face. The next face that's close is actually the image of Jesus in the Lord's Supper. Once you get past Jesus, though, you still see the juxtaposition of the man and Jesus until the very end, when you see uh, several men. I mean, a lot. You see a lot. Before that, though, you do see some faces that are close, but do you see them clearly? And that's where the light and dark is used. No, you do not. You see them through bars and fences. You see them, through, you see them in their prison. And it's not until after you see Jesus, then you see them outside their prison. You actually don't see them in the cell block anymore. You just see them flashed up there very quickly. Um, what, what this is a great demonstration of is insiders and outsiders. And this goes back to our original point. You can have insiders even in the midst of outsiders meaning that the prisoners, they're outside society. They're removed from society. But yet in the midst of prison, we know that this man is with Jesus. He's an insider. And in the Gospel of Mark, the parable of the sower, in fact, Jesus says, if you don't understand the parable of the sower, you won't understand anything else that's said. In the, in the Gospel of Mark, that is. Um, and the parable of the sower is, is a description. I think most of us will say, well, what kind of soil are you? Which 
brings dangerous answers, despair or arrogance. However, Jesus describes things as they are. There are some that are inside and some that are outside. Why it is one way or the other, it's not really given to us to know. But we know that right now, we're given this circumstance to follow Jesus or not follow Jesus. And see, the video, the video does a great job, though, of also demonstrating kind of the gray lines of insider-outsiders. The, uh, the Gospel, Mark, are the disciples inside or outside? Well, I don't know. Well, when they're in the boat, they're insiders. But the thing is, though, um, Chapter 4, some harsh words here. Jesus says, do you, have not, do you still have no faith? You would think an insider would have faith. Also, in chapter 6 and verse 52, for they did not understand about the loaves, which is the feeding of the 5,000, but their hearts were hardened. When we think of hearts being hardened, who do we think of in the Scripture? This would be like Sunday school when you're a little boy and girl. You learn about this. Whose heart was hardened? Pharaoh. He was probably an outsider. So this is the unique thing about, in the Gospel of Mark, the insiders and outsiders. Insiders... You don't, have to get it, you don't have to get it all right away. This is the great benefit and the great comfort of the disciples in the Gospel of Mark is that these are the people who built the church. I believe in a Christian apostolic church, apostolic. These are the apostles. This is what our church is built upon. And that's great comfort for us who might not get everything right away. The point of the disciples is, though, is that they stay with Jesus. They stay behind him, continually following him, knowing that in the future, in a moment, hope, expectation, things will be revealed. Maybe not in this lifetime, but in the lifetime to come. Now that is great faith. So we see in the video, these insiders, outsiders. Who's the insider? Who's the outsider? And we have this great kind of tension, paradox, in, out, in, out, going on out throughout the music video. And to drive this point home, this goes with the faces. We don't know who's an inside, outside until the very end when all of a sudden these faces are flashed up. And these people are the ones who are connected with this man and Jesus. And the, and the wonderful thing is, though, and this goes to not, this isn't really said in the Gospel of Mark, but this is in Matthew chapter 25, and the vision of the end of the goats and the sheep, is that we don't, we don't know everything until the very end. And that, that's what the great thing about this video is we find out who the insiders are, but guess what? It's all done. No more video. 
There's no time for you to do anything with that information. You just know, and then you're done. And then, and that, that's the scene at the end. Um, which, which drives home the point is that it's not given to us to figure out you know, who, who's in and who's out, but everyone's welcome here. All right. Singer and audience. Who's the storyteller? It's a variety of answers. Who do you think the storyteller is? Who's the narrator here? Yeah, the, the guy with the one arm? That's a, good, that's, a good, that's a good idea. Who else could be the storyteller? Who might be the obvious choice? Okay, it's nice music. All right, uh, we we had the man, the one-armed man. Who else could be the storyteller? Johnny Cash, exactly. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go back to the Gospel of Mark. In the Gospel of Mark, it's only the narrator who knows everything. The narrator of the story, well, obviously Jesus knows everything. But as we read the Gospel of Mark, as it's written, it's only the narrator who knows exactly what's going on here. And we're just waiting to hear from the narrator. We're waiting to hear the rest of the story with bated breath. The thing is, uh, there is a... uh, um, Back in the 70s and early 80s, yeah, on Broadway, there was a one-man performance of the Gospel of Mark. Um, I have it sitting in my VCR right now. And he, he recited scripture. He just stood up by himself. He had, he had a table, uh, two chairs, and what it looked like kind of like a chalice, cup thing, and a plate. That's all he had. And he, he stood up, and he began to recite the Gospel of Mark. I think you can check it out at Wheaton College if you want to get a... Um, and about chapter 4 or 5, you totally forget you're, you're, you're listening to Scripture. You actually think this is a story being told. You are so engrossed. And he does a fantastic job of telling the story, but you are so engrossed into the story that you forget that you're just listening to somebody recite Scripture. So then the story becomes part of, part of how, you, how you hear things. And this is, what, this is the point, though, of the video. Is that we, we have to just sit and wait and watch and wait until it's done before we're able to make sense of everything. What time do we have? Perfect. Putting it all together. There's three questions at the end of this thing that I would like to just take a look at. And why in the world would we look at Johnny Cash videos in uh, adult Bible study on Sunday? 
And this will go to Rich's question. First, is our world the biblical world in any sense? We may not understand the historical context so much, which is like a buried city needing excavating. So we need to kind of dig into Scripture and figure out what's going on. However, there's more than just simply figuring out the historical context. Figure out there's more to it than that. It goes to this, this next question. Do we see the world as one created by God, sustained by God's uh, word, Jesus, and addressed by God through the prophetic scriptural voices, otherwise known as the Viva Vox that Pastor Gainix uh, taught three weeks ago, I believe? So you have to ask yourself, do you see your, word, your world not according to what your eyes see, but according to what scripture and then the next, que- the next point, is Scripture simply a record of the past for us, or does it continue to speak to us as God's Word that gives us, that gives us our lives? That's important to think about. And then begins by requiring all of it, all of our life. Meaning that when I, come, when, I come, when I come to church, okay, now I'll have my, my eyes of faith on, but once I walk outside this building, maybe I see things according to the world or, or according to, you know, my own doing. Then last, do we see the living Word of God active not only in Scripture but outside it? The most important way Scripture can break into our world invite us into its world is by being read and reread in light of God's transforming work in human lives. That's baptism. So we're going to have a baptism in a little bit. So maybe when we go through the baptismal rite, maybe we'll be thinking about these things. Our capacity to hear and see God's word work in our world, that's, that is, in the stories of real women and real men, not made-up stories, not just nice, neat things, but real world, real people, messy things. Dysfunctional things. Dysfunctional people. I mean, that, that, that's the disciples in the Gospel of Mark. They are dysfunctional, dirty people. Our capacity to hear and see God's word in our world is the way in which the world again becomes as Scripture imagines it. Chanted, mysterious, and lastly, beautiful. So it goes back to Rich's Rich's point. What about those guards? Well, if I was interpreting it as Jesus did, Jesus was escorted. He didn't do anything wrong. Could be an interesting similarity. Why wasn't he escorted through the, the, the yard? Probably because they shot that before they had the guards and then they just went and edited it. That's probably the simple answer. (laughs) We always like to maybe have things a little bit more neat, but I don't know. However, this is the point. Excuse me. This is the point of showing Johnny Cash is that as we go into the world, now we can see things as Scripture tells us. Things are transformed now according to the Word of God. It's not what we see, but what God tells us. 
We can see a prisoner and we can say, he's my brother. We can, uh, we can see one another, in fact, and say, brother and sister to one another. I mean, there's a variety of ways to do this, but as we proceed now, even into the season at Advent, um, we, we put out Advent Meditations by Henry Nouwen, and he speaks this way. But we stay close to our Lord's voice in the Holy Scripture, because we need to be constantly told what it says. And this goes to my last point. We can look at this video over and over again, and we'll always see something new. To say that you know the story of Jesus means that you really don't know the story of Jesus. Uh, Tuesday night men's Bible study, once again, I have them read over and over again. I don't know if they're doing it, but I know some of you are. They've been reading the Gospel of Mark one time every week for the last eight weeks, I think, seven or eight weeks. And I still have people email me saying, I've never noticed this before, but now I see it. Because that's what scripture is. You can keep on reading, and it can keep on giving. And it can keep on transforming your eyes. So, Johnny Cash is great. Let's pray. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.